Amen. All greetings to each one in Jesus' precious name. Blessings on every heart here this morning from the Lord. Just feel uh, blessed with what the Lord gave us so far. Thank you, Daniel, for reading those words wherever you are. And Brother Ron, thank you for that teaching a good lesson. And Brother Andrew, thank you for taking the challenge. I'm sure you got the meal and we got the crumbs, but they were pretty big crumbs. They were pretty big crumbs, amen, brothers, sisters. They were big crumbs. Amen. Thank you for that. Very good word. <clears throat> Just seeking the Lord yesterday and also in light of the uh, brothers meeting and the things that came up there. Just seeking the Lord, seeking the face of God. And I found this message online. Title was Faith's Response to Suffering. Faith's Response to Suffering. And the whole point of the message was to let, so we, we pray to be more like Christ, and God says, okay, let me have. Let me have my way, and he brings some sufferings and hard things into our lives. And, and uh, the illustration that the brother used was that, we've heard it before, that of a big rock. And the sculpture comes with his chisels, many of them, and a hammer. And he looks at that rock, and, and uh, he has something in mind, and he begins to chisel with that sharp tool and that hammer, chip by chip. He chips away everything that doesn't look like what he wants to make. And Andrew said in the message there that the only thing beautiful in the life of a Christian is Christ. Is that right? That's right. That would be enough right there for us just to say we're going to think about that all week long. And we could go home and think about that. The only thing beautiful in my life is Christ. And so God wants to perfect that and perform that. Like Andrew also mentioned where the rubber meets the road is in a brotherhood and God uses different methods and ways and avenues to accomplish that will, to accomplish that purpose that 
to form Christ in us. And he begins to chisel and the chips begin to fall and the leaves and the branches begin to get trimmed off that aren't fruitful. Everything that's not like Christ lays around us a heap. But it's a painful process if we, uh, if we resist it. It's a painful process. It's a hard process if we chafe and flinch and jerk away when God places the chisel in areas of our lives to chip away that doesn't look like Christ. So my, first of all, my own testimony is I, I carefully told the Lord, start chipping, chip away, Lord. In your mercy, chip away. And I just hope and believe that that would be all our hearts here, the brotherhood, that we would want him to chip away everything that doesn't look like Jesus. Everything that doesn't look like Jesus. So I'll give the, te- the title. Well, maybe we want to pray first. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you're here this morning so beautifully. Thank you for every part of the service. Thank you for the reading of your word by a, a, a young child. Lord, thank you for the opening and the children's lesson, Lord. And now I do yet pray, God. And oh, God, also thank you for that song that we sang just before the message here. Show me thy face, Lord, one transient gleam of loveliness divine. Oh, God, open our eyes to see that, Lord. Open our eyes, open my eyes to see that, Lord. And I pray, God, for your blessing upon the message here too, Lord, that I could preach and bring forth yet another truth to perform your will, Lord, this morning. I pray in Jesus' name for it. Amen. I asked Jonathan to sing that, to bring that, to lead that song. Those four Four lines I have chosen to use for four of my points in the message here today. Before I give the title, I just want to, we want to walk through a handful of scriptures as an introduction to the message. So you can turn with me to John chapter 1, Gospel of John chapter 1. And we have about, oh, five, I believe it is, till we get to our main text. But keeping in mind what we already heard this morning, is particularly the opening message there, let's read in John 1, 1. 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jumping down to verse 14 of the same chapter. John 1 verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And we know that was Jesus. Hallelujah. Full of grace and truth. And we beheld his glory, John said. We saw it. He's, he's probably referring to his transfiguration there on the mountain. Let's go there and look at that in Matthew. Uh, well, first of all, that this is not that reference there, but go with me to Matthew 1. We'll come to that, the next one, the transfiguration. But first of all, in Matthew 1, verse 20. But while he, Joseph, thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Let me just inject here back years before the prophet Isaiah had prophesied of this happening. And he said, therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now here. Here it happened. Now we'll pick up in verse 22. Now all this was done that it might be spoken, which fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophets, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and she and shall call, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Praise God. God with us. With us. And now go to Matthew 17, where we see the transfiguration of Matthew 17, verse 1. And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into an high mountain apart. And was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun. And his raiment was white as light. And behold there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him. 
Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee and one for Moses and one for Elias. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud, which said, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and be not afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. And God said back in Isaiah, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. We're talking about God. We're talking about humility. We're talking about this big almighty God that inhabits eternity. And yet also dwells in the humble. And he raises them up as the verse says. He lifts them up. And the only thing beautiful in your my life. Is Christ. Oh, may we give him his rightful place. Now go with me to Hebrews chapter 1. We're studying Christ. Christ, that holy thing that makes our lives beautiful, that only thing that makes our lives beautiful. Hebrews chapter 1. God who in sundry, that simply means various, God who at various times and in various manners, different times and in different manners, spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. They all had their different ways of expressing, thus saith the word of the Lord. Many times they used illustrations and objects, perhaps, of expressing the truth that God was speaking to Israel through the prophets. God spoke to them in different, various times and ways. This God hath in these last days spoken again, spoken unto us. How? By His Son. Whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. This same Jesus, who was in the beginning with God, who was the Word, who became flesh, he was there at creation. And now so here 2,000 years ago, he he shows up. In the form of that little baby that we looked at there in Matthew 1. That little baby like one of Randall's twins. 
There was God, Emmanuel, God with us. He cries. I'm hungry. God with us. Imagine. God hath in these last days spoken by his son. Well, that little baby grew up 12 years old and he showed up in the temple sitting among the doctors and lawyers, asking them questions and answering their questions, and they couldn't believe what they're hearing and what they're seeing. Do you know the story? It was God with us. Well, John said, we saw him. He was full of grace and truth. And there on the mount, we beheld his glory. His face shone above the brightness of the sun. His clothing were whiter than any fuller could whiten. There he was. And when that happened, they fell on their face. Because who being the brightness, verse 3, look in our text here in Hebrews who being the brightness of his glory, that simply means that the little uh, uh, definition of that word is an off flash. Just a flash of God's glory. It was not a constant beam. They couldn't have took it. It was just a... And they fell on their face. Who being the brightness of his glory, God said, no man can see my face. But God gave them a flash and they fell down. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. You want to know how God looks? Look at Christ. He was the express image of his person. The the literal translation would be a fax. What you put in that machine is what comes out the other side. It's the exact copy, unless you have a bad printer that puts all kinds of streaks on the paper that didn't come in at the, at the other end, but not so with Christ. He was the exact image of God's person. Amen? That's beautiful. He was the exact express The Greek word for this express is character. That's the Greek word. That's where we get our word character from. Here was the character of God. Do you believe God is humble? Do you think that's one of his attributes? Yes, he is. He's humble. That's hard for us to grasp because... We, we see him high and holy and lifted up and, 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 and righteous and just. And, but he's also humble. Jesus said, I'm meek and lowly.
and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Now John 20, our text for the message here. John 20, if you would turn there. That was just an introduction. In John 20, verse 19, this is right after Christ's resurrection or soon after his resurrection. He had showed himself to a few different ones, I believe Mary Magdalene and maybe some of the disciples, a few, I'm not sure, I didn't go back and read the whole account there, but we're going to break in here in verse 19. Then that same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, peace be unto you. Imagine that, the resurrected Lord, peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Here, look, look here. He opened up his robe. Here was this, the spear, scar. Look at my hands and look at my feet. I lost my place. Where was I at? And when he had so said, verse 20, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, peace be unto you. As my father has sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, He breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them, and whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came, and the other disciples therefore said unto him, Thomas, We have seen the Lord. But he, Thomas, said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again his disciples were within, and Thomas with them, So they apparently hadn't seen Jesus for eight days. And I wonder if this wasn't a long eight days for Thomas. I can imagine he he should have been a bit convicted of his blatant unbelief. When all the other apostles confirmed and affirmed they saw him, I had to think, I think this was a long week for Thomas. And they didn't know where he was, apparently. And he shows up again. He shows up again in verse 26 after eight days. 
Thomas with them. Then came Jesus and the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. And look who he addresses. Thomas. Thomas. Reach hither thy finger. Here, Thomas. Touch right here. Right here. Touch right here, Thomas. See this scar? That was the nail on Calvary. I am the one that hung on Calvary. See the scar here? And right here? Put thrust your hand in here. It's me. I'm the one that was on the cross. I'm the one that was in the belly of the earth for three days. I'm he. I'm the one that was dead and am alive again. Just do it, Thomas. Touch right here. Thrust your hand in right here. Look at my feet. Thrust. Reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side. Feel the scar. It's now healed. And be not faithless, but believing. And then Thomas, Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. Yes, you are. You are who you say you are. Yes, I believe you are the one that was crucified. I see. I see the scars. I, I, I see the scar in your side. You are my Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. And that's the title to the message. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. My Lord and my God. Oh, I don't have to see the tomb, Brother Vernon, to believe that he's not dead. Amen. Do you? Do you, Brother Laverne? Need to see the tomb to know that he's not there? Well, how do you know he's not there, Brother Laverne? Hallelujah. Because he's here and we have seen him. But have we? Have you seen his scars? Have you thrust your hand in his side? No. But yes. Amen? No. But yes. I have seen him with the eyes of my heart. I have seen the off flash of his glory. It has changed my life. I have fell on my face and humbled myself before God and repented of my sins. No, but yes, I have seen him. We have seen him. And blessed are they that have not seen him physically but yet believe because they have seen him with the eyes of their heart and it changed their lives. Amen. Amen. Listen. I read a quote here. Thou hast seen him, Thomas, and therefore thou hast believed. And now thou art blessed. Thou art happy, fully convinced of my resurrection, yet no less blessed shall all those who believe in my resurrection without the evidence 
thou hast had. From this we learn that to believe in Jesus on the testimony of the apostles, on the testimony of this word, yet for those that learn to believe the record that God gave of his son, that will put a man into the possession of the very same blessedness which they have. Are you with me? Did you get it? Blessed is the man that believes this book to the point where he sees. Faith is believing, by the way. I don't believe that our whole Christian journey should be one dark tunnel without any evidence. I pity anyone that is in that condition. I don't believe that. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, real faith, true faith, should bring Him into our hearts in, in, into some measure of reality. Amen? Amen, Brother Larry? Show me thy face, Lord. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself, I think. Let me finish this. This, this quote. From this we learn that to believe in Jesus on the testimony of his apostles will put a man or a woman into the possession of the very same blessedness with they, which they had, which they themselves enjoyed. And now he broadens it out. And so God constituted the whole economy of grace that a believer at two thousand years distance from the time of the resurrection suffers no loss because he has not seen Christ in the flesh. If we believe this activates every promise, every spiritual reality in this book. Do we believe that? Do we believe that? If we believe and With true faith, we have possession to every promise. God's whole economy, everything he has promised. We have not suffered any loss because we have not been privileged to see Christ in the flesh. I must move on. Number one, our first line of this hymn, and you may get it and look at it if you want to. 653, there's four lines, four points. Show me thy face, Lord. Show me thy face, one transient gleam. One transient gleam. Transient means lasting only for a short time. Impermanent. It's like that off flash that the disciples saw there on the Mount of Transfiguration. One off flash. And gleam means to shine brightly, especially with reflected light. So when we see this off flash, it's a reflection off the Father. 
Show me thy face, one transient gleam of loveliness divine. And I shall never think or dream of other loves, love save thine. All lesser light will darken quite, all lower glories wane. The beautiful of earth will scarce seem beautiful again. Dearly beloved, that look, that off flash should so alter our lives that we will not be the same. We, all, all, it's so beautifully said there, all other loves, all other lights, all other glories, they will scarce seem beautiful. When we get a glimpse, when we get an off flash of this glory, And dearly beloved, I'm going to jump ahead to the last line. That's what gives a Christian light feet. Amen. That's why Christians have heavy feet. They need an off flash. I need an off flash from from God through Christ to give me light feet. The world needs to see Christians with light feet. And it's not going to happen if we are looking down here and if we are resisting and if we are loving other things. Oh, dearly beloved, this is the real Christian life. My first point, by the way, is Christ, the altogether lovely one. To one extent or another, dearly beloved, every one of us should say yes I was that, and now I am this. You know, Christ gave me joy. Christ gave me peace. Christ changed me. If you can't say that, I plead with you, seek for it. Go after it. We all need that. If Christ didn't change anything in us, I don't think we're changed. I don't think we have Christ. If Christ did not make any difference in our lives. Christ, the altogether lovely one. Let's just consider Paul's testimony. I was going to turn there, but I'm not going to for the sake of time. We know it well. I'm going to turn there. I need to. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians Philippians chapter 3, verse 7, Paul says, But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but which but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him, that I may know him in a real way, as real as the apostles knew him. Amen? As real as the apostles knew him. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. There it is. That chisel, that chip. That hammer, those hard times, being made conformable unto his death. 
if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. You know, Paul saw that. He saw that flash and it threw him down and he was never the same. Now, not many of us here, if any of us here will have that privilege to have such an experience as Paul did. But I, I believe that it was what, what Paul saw after his eyes were opened that motivated him to serve him for the rest of his life. I believe it's what Paul saw with the eyes of faith. I don't even know if he saw anyone. He was struck blind. That light just came, and he was blind and fell to the ground. And I don't think he saw even a person. He heard him. I think the scripture says he saw the light, but I I didn't go back and, and, and check it. I stand to be corrected, but I don't think he saw Jesus. Maybe he did, but he saw the light. And it, it blinded him. But, but it was that, that deep impression. It was that voice. It was that call. It was that, that Holy Spirit that spoke into his very core of his being that said, Saul, I know you. I know who you are. I know what motivates you. I know what's driving you. You're persecuting my people. You're, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. Paul, I know you. And he said, Lord. What do you want me to do? And, and, uh, and he called him and he used him. And Paul looked at all his, his life past and said, God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto it, all lesser loves, all lesser lights, all the glitter, all the glamour, all the lures, all the drawings, Dearly beloved, we need a more powerful drawing. If all I'm doing is, is, is running and saying no and fleeing and avoiding and shunning, I have a pretty boring Christian life. But if I can get a flash, if I can get a glimpse, show me that face, Lord. I can say yes, I can embrace, I can go after, I can seek for. That's the Christian life. Show me thy face, Lord. Number two. Well, no, let me just finish my point here. Christ, the lily of the valley. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 1. Have you found him, brother Marcus, in the valley? Brothers, sisters, have you found him in the valley of the shadow of death? There's a lily. Christ, the bright and morning star. The dark night, the morning breaks, and there's the star. Revelation 22, 16. We see him by faith. We look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Number two, Christ, the foundation and center of my faith. Please listen. Christ, the foundation and center of my faith. The songwriter said, now rest my long divided heart fixed on this blissful center. Rest. Get your gaze on Christ and rest. Fixed on this blissful center. Rest. 
nor ever from thy Lord depart with him of every good possessed. Second line in our song here says, show me thy face. My faith and love shall henceforth fixed be. O Lord, rise up that we may love thee. O Lord, rise up our lover. My faith and love shall fixed be. And nothing here have power to move my soul's serenity. This world cannot offer us anything as lovely as the Lord. My life shall seem a trance, a dream, and all I feel and see, elusive, visionary, thou the one reality. Heaven and earth are going to pass away. All other relationships, you know, they'll, they'll change. Relationships change. Uh, things change. Christ is the one reality. Thou art the Christ. We're talking about Christ, the foundation Brothers, Jesus asked Peter, who do people say that I am? It's like, what's the buzz going on right now? Oh, they said, some say you're Elias, and some say you're a prophet, and some say you're this and that. And he looked at his disciples and said, who do you say that? And Peter looked at him and said, thou art the Christ. And Jesus said to him, Peter, You didn't figure this out on your own. This is a revelation. This is a flash, if you will. This is an off flash. This is a reflection. You got a glimpse of God in me. You saw God in me. It's a revelation from God. Peter, thou art the Christ. All of us need to have some measure of that kind of testimony. Thou art the Christ. My faith and love shall henceforth fix be. Thomas said, my Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. Oh, Thomas, now that you've seen me, you believe. But blessed are those that don't see me and still have that same testimony. My Lord and my God. Amen. My Lord and my God. Christ, the foundation and center of my faith. Paul said, I press toward the mark. That's the center. The only thing beautiful in our life is Christ. And we should have that up there as a target. And we keep that center. And we're pressing in more of Jesus. Yes, Jesus, chip it away. Chip it away. Oh, but it hurts so bad. Chip it away. Chip it away. My faith fixed on the center, and the center is Christ. The one reality, the line says, Christ is forever. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. Heaven and earth will pass away, but Christ will be forever. Number three, 
Christ, my rest. Christ, my rest. Everything else is stormy. Life is full of problems. Things aren't working out the way I think they should. I'm hurting. Many of us are hurting. Many of us are hurting. Can Christ be our rest? Can we press into Jesus to get our own feet on on the rock? Can we do that? Yes, we need to look at all these other things. Yes, we need to we need to flesh that out through relationships. Yes, but can we by faith find this rest in Christ? Which one comes first? Verse 3, show me thy face, exclamation mark. See the desperation. Show me thy face, Lord. Give me a flash. I shall forget. Look at these words. I shall forget the weary days of yore and fretting ghosts of vain regret. Oh, how the devil uses past mistakes to condemn us. They come up like ghosts and they and we regret. Why did I do that? I don't think God loves me. Oh, show me thy face, Lord. Give me one flash that I can overcome these fretting ghosts of vain regret. All of us have them. Every one of us have them. Things that we did that we wish we wouldn't have done. And if we're not careful, they drag us down and they weigh us down and they give us heavy feet. But the point is, one glimpse of his face will change that. I shall forget the weary days of yore. The fretting ghosts of vain regret shall haunt my soul no more. Hallelujah. All doubts and fears for future years in quiet rest subside. So either we're condemned about the past or we're doubting and fearing the future. Oh, what an unsettling. Oh, what an ocean. Oh, what watery foundation. It's always moving. I'm either condemned or I'm swallowed up in fear. Oh, show me thy face. I shall forget. He goes on to say in the last line, and naught but bless content and calm within my breast. No waters can swallow the ship where lies the master of ocean and earth and skies. Peace. And that, that ocean just, and it was like a river. What manner of man is this, Donnie? What manner of man is this? He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. You know this verse, but listen, listen deep, listen with the ears of your heart. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Learn of me. Can you tell me one time where Jesus was flustered, where he was all worried? I'm not sure that we ever even see Jesus running. Can you tell me at one time? Maybe he did. Boy, I got to get there. I'm late. 
I don't know that he did. He is a beautiful picture of rest. He is the express image of his person. Oh, Lord, give us a flash. Give us an off flash of that. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I'm speaking to myself. For I am uh, that I want this. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. This word labor means to feel fatigue. Understand? To feel fatigue. Come unto me, all ye that feel fatigued. You know, we feel like this. It, it just weighs us down. When we get, when we get discouraged, our, our shoulders go down. Our knees hardly straighten. It's real. It's real. It's real. But praise God. So is one glimpse of his face. I believe it. That's also real. That gets the shoulders up. Well, praise God. Well, let's finish our, our, our word study here. To feel fatigue. Heavy laden means overburdened. I'm, I'm overloaded. I'm going to burn out a transmission if I don't get rid of this load. Come unto me, all ye that are overloaded and feel fatigued. And ye shall find repose or refreshment for your souls. I will give you repose and refreshment, for I am gentle. I'm gentle. And I am humble. And ye shall find refreshment and repose for your soul. So in this line here, in this line in our song, line number three, we have, I wrote it down like this, the heavy history of failures and condemnation burdens us down. Heavy history. And then forward we have the fearful future of doubts and fears, and they make us tired. And number four, Christ, my hope. Christ, my hope. My hope. That's what he is. Show me thy face, Lord. Show me thy face. And the heaviest cross will then seem light to bear. Whoa. You mean when you get that chisel down and there's a chunk this size, Brother Darrell? A chunk this size that got to go. And we know it's going to hurt. He gets that chisel back in there. Yes, Lord. The heaviest cross. <laughs> Show me thy face. The heaviest cross will then seem light to bear. There will be gain in every loss. It falls off, and what's left behind there looks a little bit more like Jesus, Brother Darrell. That looks like Jesus. What's behind that chunk? So I gain. There will be gain in every loss and peace with every care. Oh, Lord. Yes, Christians have burdens. We have cares. We care about each other. We love each other. We pray for each other. 
but somehow we manage to come to Jesus and we pray this thing through. And in the end, the burden is laying at the foot of the cross and we can go away with light feet. Look at the next stanza. With such light feet, the years will fleet. Oh, Lord, brothers and sisters, I know, and I know you know what heavy feet are. And I know, and probably most of you know what light feet are. Amen, Brother Brendan. I got a glimpse. I got a morsel of meat. I got a crumb from the Lord, and it blessed me. I think I saw a little bit of that in, in Andrew this morning. He was blessed. <laughs> I don't know. I should, that, I'm not sure that fits in there or not. Forgive me for saying that. But, uh, I mean, I didn't, I didn't pressure you too hard to get up here. I just said, we only need 15 minutes of, insp- of something inspired. And he said, he came back and said, okay, sure, I'll do it. And he gave me 20, I think. With such light feet, the years will fleet. I mean, this thing is going to be over before we know it. Hallelujah. Amen, Jarrett? We're going to be there before we know it. Praise God. That looked like just a, a, a vapor back there. And now here we are in the fullness of his life. Now it's no longer just a flash. Life seemed as brief as blessed. Till I have laid my burden down and entered into rest. And now will be in his presence. Oh. With such light feet, the years will fleet. Jesus said, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And John said in his epistle, For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. They're not heavy, Ruth. They're not heavy. They're not heavy. Not if we get a flash. Amen, Brother Larry? If we get a flash, nothing is heavy to serve God. Amen, Ron? We can sail through that needle. If we get a flash of the glory of God, nothing is heavy. No, nothing at all is heavy. If, we, if it's inspired by God, I don't think it is. Years and years and years ago, I think it was 12 men in the early church, they were faced with a big decision. They were faced to, with the decision to either go against the, the state church's mandate that said you baptize your infants. And those men, 12 of them, gathered in a room and they sought the God of heaven and they sought power from God. And as they were done praying, they made that decision knowing full well if they go out and tell those authorities they are not baptizing their infants and they are baptizing adults upon the confession of their faith, they knew that they were going to die. And so they prayed. They sought God. When they got done praying, this is what we're going to do. And they walked out into that world and preached and gave their lives, many of them, for that that cause. With such light feet. Let me finish with this song. 
Oft times the day seems long and trials hard to bear. We're tempted to complain and murmur and despair, but Christ will soon appear to catch his bride away, all tears forever over in God's eternal day. Sometimes the sky looks dark with not a ray of light. We're tossed and driven on, no human help in sight. Doesn't anyone care, Brother Earl? Don't people care? But there's one in heaven who knows our deepest care. Let Jesus solve your problem. Just go to him in prayer. Get a flash. Get a glimpse of his glory. Life's day will soon be o'er. All storms forever pass. We'll cross the great divide. The to glory safe at last. We'll share the joys of heaven. A harp, a home, a crown. The tempter will be banished. We'll lay our burdens down. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face, friend. All sorrows will erase so bravely. And may I say, humbly run the race till we see God bless.